Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast, hosted by the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. Coming at you live once again on that YouTube channel. Brent, I know we've had a little bit of a hiatus here. Um, busy with holidays, busy with technical difficulties, busy with traveling. Um, you and I were at the Atlanta Falcons game against the Bucks two weeks ago. Um, so it's just been a, a whole, you know, come apart here recently. I know the last episode we kind of got some playoff prep going on. Um, and here we are in the playoffs. I, I know for me this year, I made I made playoffs about five out of my eight leagues on sleeper, won it and made it my own ESPN league. I think I've got two playoffs left to go. So uh, definitely a rough, rough uh, fantasy playoff stretch for me. Um, but I know you've gotten our home league. You're getting ready to square off after your first bye week here. So uh, it'll be uh, still some fantasy stuff going on here. But nonetheless, you and I are coming at uh, everybody today with a funner, lighter show, I guess you'd say. It's completely, completely objective. Um, there's not a whole lot of facts to this show today. It's just a fun one. We're going over some fantasy awards for the 2023 season, Brant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you talked playoffs. I made it in five out of seven leagues. Uh, the two leagues that I had buys in, uh, I'm still in. The other three, I ran into a Sam Laporta buzzsaw, uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, a Cooper Cup buzzsaw. I uh, I ran into all the buzzsaws. Um, mm-hmm. It was a rough, rough week as I was projected to be moving on and still playing in five playoffs and come down to getting blown out in three. Um, but yeah, this fantasy awards, it was a lot lighter, a lot nicer for me to be able to go through after a devastating week, um, and, and, and look at some of the names that have, that have helped, helped along the way. Some of the names that are, that are, have, have moved forward. Um, and, and at the end, I'm gonna have a little, little curveball for you too, uh, just to see where your head's at, uh, just throw something out at you, but this, this is going to be fun. Uh, we just want to do a fun episode and make sure we got back to you guys. Absolutely, Brant. So without further ado, let's get into the award shows. Let's get the bib on. And let's eat. So let's just jump straight into this. We're talking 2023 fantasy awards. Some of these awards are going to be um, a little eye-opening. Some of them are going to show a little bit deeper glimpse into who you and I are as fantasy folks. Um, and some of these are just going to be downright obvious. Um, so let's get into it. Let's start with some with a little bit of the lower-tiered ones, not the great awards. We'll save the MVPs, things like that for the last Let's start with one that's kind of lighthearted just to get into it. Tell me about your comeback fantasy player of the year, Brand. The comeback fantasy player of the year, Kyron Williams of the Los Angeles Rams. He played in only 10 games last year. Um, 
and, and he's played in 10 so far this year. He's finished. He's at the wide uh, running back eight in 10 games. So he has missed some time, but he's averaging 20.8 points per game. Uh, he's just, he's been a guy that has been, when he's on the field, he's very, very consistent. He hasn't let you down. Um, he, he's had what one bad week, I think it was. And that was the week that he got hurt. Um, Actually, no, he did not. The only time he's hurt you is when he wasn't playing. Uh, he's had one game under 10 points this season. Um, this guy was drafted. I, oh man, I, he was drafted down in the top or at the bottom half of running backs. Um, I, I feel like there was names like uh, – I don't, can't even think of some of the names that were around him when I looked at this. It was just his ADP was outrageous. He was a underneath 50th wide receiver off the board. So this is my comeback player. Everyone thought it was Cam Akers' backfield. Well, this guy just threw the whole curveball at you and said, nah, I'm breaking out and I'm coming back. So that's where I've got Kyron Williams out. Yeah, Brian, I know that's definitely one of your favorite players. Uh, you, and uh, you, you've got to be just absolutely devastated at the end of the last season. You had several chances to uh, buy low on Kyron Williams for guys like Hayden Hurst, fourth-round draft picks, uh, and you completely punted on that with yours truly. And uh, I also have to slap myself on the face because I did trade him for uh, for Dawson Knox on draft day. So there you go. Um, my comeback player uh, is a – player that was kind of in some murky waters there for a minute brant there was was he going to be suspended was he not going to be suspended and that's alvin kamara um this cat is back to rb5 currently in ppr <laughs> standings right now in some drafts brant we did a dynasty startup this summer i was able to grab him in the 19th round of the startup due to his age the suspension um you know he didn't have great production last year kind of had a dip a, a drop off big dip last year currently through week 15 right now this dude's got uh, 1076 all purpose yards uh and another six touchdowns to go along with that he's got like i think i read 84 receptions on the season um so just another wonderful season for alvin kamara coming back uh back to where he left off basically and uh, we still got christmas weekend for him to score six more touchdowns brand so mm -hmm. uh he's coming oh yeah absolutely kamar kamar was a guy that uh, i was shy on I, I got him in one league and held on to him for a little bit but man he just came out and showed what he can do in just a short amount of time absolutely all right brand i'm gonna let you pick the next award you tell us tell the folks where we're gonna go next and we'll go there I'm going to go with the waiver wire pickup of the year here because I, I had Kyron Williams in this. And then I said, no, nah, let me switch this up a little bit. And I'm going to go with another running back. He's currently the RB 23. So, yep, not the greatest, but he's a top, top 24 RB. So he's an RB two and that's Gus Edwards averaging 11.3 points per game, 11 total touchdowns on the year. And now he is solidified to being one of the best running backs in the Baltimore's backfield. Unfortunately, my favorite player in that backfield just went down to a season in the injury. So I guess now in our dynasty league, I'll be sitting with Mitchell and Dobbins and all their ACLs on my IR slot. Lack thereof ACLs. Lack thereof. But yes, yeah, yes. Gus Edwards is a guy that, that, that he was drafted outside of the top 50 running backs and, and easily came off the waiver wires and, and has probably won quite a few games for uh, some of the players that have picked out some of the dynasty owners that have picked them up. Absolutely. Brent. And the, the, the part about the, the Gus Edwards and, and, you know, the running backs in Baltimore getting constantly hurt. You and I both know it's like, it, there ain't no conspiracy theory. Lamar Jackson is doing this. 
um, because he has to be the best running back in town. J.K. Dobbins came in with all that talent. We couldn't have that. Then Keaton Mitchell was showing flashes. Lamar Jackson, you know, they may or may not have slipped in soap on the shower. I don't know. We're just, you know, we're trying to we're trying to keep them out of town uh, so Lamar can stay the best running back slash quarterback in Baltimore. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, my waiver claim was probably a waiver claim for most of America, Brant. But for you and I, this was a guy that you and I talked about a lot, a lot in preseason. You and I were very high on this player. Um, Totally did not like his running back mate uh, in this team, and we knew it was only a matter of time. And that matter of time happened about week nine is when Devin Singletary took over the Houston Texans backfield um, away from Damian Pierce. And since then, he has been he's the rb30 overall this season okay which is darn good um you're getting a top end rb3 high flex appeal player from the waivers from week nine when he took over brant to right now he's running back 18 on the season in that stretch in that in that six game stretch so uh, you're talking he week nine when he really took over he had like 13 carries for like 30 yards rb40 finish so if you take that one away even he's he's an rb1 um, he's had a finish of seven, seven, and three in that stretch. So um, this is a guy that, again, you and I thought it was only a matter of time, and it was only a matter of time. He took this backfield over way more athletic than Damian Pierce, and he's really stamped, put his stamp on the map. You're talking about a guy you picked up in the waivers probably week 10, give or take, that maybe end up it may end up winning you some leagues here, Brand. Absolutely. It was just a guy that you just had to sit. If you did draft him and, and, and you listened to the fat boys at the beginning of the year and, and you snagged him at this last pick in your draft and you just sat on him and waited, the time came. Yeah, we had to wait for Pierce to get banged up. But as soon as the as soon as the Texans saw it, he is the best running back in, in town. He he took over. Um, and, and it was proof this week they both were active this week, and uh, and Singletary by far led that backfield. Absolutely. All right, so I think since I left off with Singletary, I'm going to move right into my bust, Brant. Um, and it, it only makes sense that I talk about Damian Pierce because this is one of those trains that you and I have been like, nah, we're going to let that one go on by. And then we were like, man, did we miss out? And the train came back around, and we thought about getting on, but we were like – I want to see it take one more lap around the track, right? And uh, you and I are both pretty happy at this point that we didn't jump on the Damian Pierce hype train. 394 yards from uh, rushing this year, 86 yards receiving, two total touchdowns. This man is currently RB54, and I know he's missed some time, so that factors into it, obviously. But he was drafted as the 46th overall player off the board, Brant. He's not even the 46th best running back in this year's running backs at this point. He was drafted as the 17th running back off the board. So just to let that sink in for a minute, this guy's almost 30 spots, um, or excuse me, 40 spots behind where he was where he was drafted um, as a running back. And that's just the type of bust that you almost can't overcome unless you happen to get lucky and have a Damian or a Devin Singletary or a Gus Edwards fall into your lap in uh, the waivers because you're talking about a third late third, early fourth round draft pick here in Damian Pierce, who's just absolutely been non-existent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, my bust, it's going to come as a shock to nobody. I went with Justin Jefferson. No, I'm just kidding. I did not take that easy little route out. I thought about it. I wrote it down. I went with another wide receiver. That That's that's Garrett Wilson. He was drafted as the 19th overall player off the board, ninth wide receiver off the board. And I understand it's nothing to do with the talent that he has. He is amazingly talented. It's the, the carousel of quarterbacks. 
you had Aaron Rodgers for like a half a play, and then Lord knows who else has been throwing the ball there. Um, and and he, he's right now he's wide receiver 25, so almost, what, 18 spots different, 17 spots different from where he was drafted, and overall 58th overall player in fantasy football. Garrett Wilson just didn't live up to the hype. We absolutely, you and me both, we absolutely loved him. Um, when he first came out as a rookie, we were a little shy on it. Then we started watching training camp and really looking at film. And we both started like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And the talent is there. It's just, he has to get a quarterback to throw him the football. And, and I hope I hope it's Aaron Rodgers. I do. I hope Aaron Rodgers comes back this week. And I hope we get to see them two play together. Um, I don't think he will, but I would love to be able to see this going into next year. Um, I, I, the talent is there and and I hope for the best of them. I hope this bad year does make him fall in some drafts. Maybe he'll fall into the second round, (laughs) fall into my lap for me a few times next year. Um, but yeah, Garrett Wilson is definitely the talents there, but he's been one of the biggest busts this year, unfortunately. Yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely think you're you're 100 percent right. Um, he's had some good weeks, but it, the upside's just lacking, just because the the quarterback play is is inconsistent. And um, who'd have thought going into the season that we'd be wishing for Mike White back uh, in in New York for Garrett Wilson? But uh, to, to the Aaron Rodgers thing, I believe it was today he was on the Pat McAfee show and said he was like still 14 weeks away from being able to play football. So he he kind of put the rumors to to bed. Uh, today, I, be- I believe it was today. I saw on Twitter, um, scrolling through after work. But uh, yeah, so I think we may have to wait till next year to see Garrett Wilson get a competent quarterback. Um, and who knows with Aaron Rodgers, he may go on a darkness retreat and then decide he's it's time to hang it up. So uh, we'll wait and see there. All right, Brent, I took us to the bust. You take me uh, to the next one you want to go to here. I'm gonna go with sleeper just because I love talking about this guy that I have. He uh, he's currently the wide receiver 26. He was drafted outside the top 50 wide receivers and he's averaging 13 points per game. That's my favorite sleeper for the last few years. Jacoby Myers. I love this guy. He's come out. He's done just fine with, with uh, O'Connell there and, and Garoppolo. Uh, we all thought going there would be a downfall to him. It actually helped him out a little bit. Um, and, and like I said, he's currently the wide receiver 26. So he's, you know, right outside of wide receiver two range. So your three wide receiver sets, you're starting Jacoby Myers. Um, so this, this is one of my favorite sleepers. He always is my favorite sleeper, and I guarantee he'll be somehow – he's like the new newer version of Tyler Lockett. Like somehow he'll be drafted outside of the top 50, but still finish inside the top 30 every single year. Yeah, uh, you definitely have been on Jacoby Myers, even, even sometimes when it wasn't – when it wasn't worth being on the train, you were there. So uh, much, much kudos to you there. Um, but you, you want to talk about a guy who was an afterthought and then has exceeded expectations, Brent. How about Brock Purdy going off the board in single quarterback leagues as quarterback 19, meaning most of the time undrafted or around the 163rd pick um, off the board. This man is currently quarterback four in PPR leagues. Um, with 3,795 pass yards, 29 touchdowns to seven interceptions. And I know as a, as a, as a football community, we're so quick to say, well, he's just a game manager. He's a product of his environment. It's all the weapons around him. It's the CMCs. It's the Debo Samuels. It's the Brandon Ayuk's. It's the George Kittles. It's the Kyle Shanahan's. It's that great defense. He doesn't have to work. I don't care. If you're quarterback four, that means you're putting up 
beastly fantasy numbers Mm -hmm. and you are helping me win games. I know um, in our home league, Brant, the guy who owns Brock Purdy, it was an afterthought. I think he's only been putting them in his in his lineup for like the last three weeks here. So um, it, it's one of those things where it was like everybody kept waiting for the bottom to fall out. The, the, it, it's got to stop someplace, right? This wheel is going to fall off. It's going to come to a screeching. Not the case. This guy's planted it firmly in the MVP candidate or MVP race in the actual NFL, and he's putting up fantasy numbers, game manager or not. This guy has been an absolute steal if you did draft him, if you rostered him, if you were able to pick him up off waivers, whatever. I don't care. This guy has been an absolute sleeper. Absolutely, absolutely. And I do. I hope the wheels fall off next week to this. I need the wheels to fall off. And, yes, you are right. He stopped. He started putting Brock Purdy in the lineup when Deshaun Watson went to the IR. And I think he may even start a Kyler Murray that first week it happened. But yeah, this Brock Purdy's been an absolute baller. Uh, I've watched him play twice against the Seahawks. I've obviously seen some other 49er games. It, yeah, he is a product of a system. Well, what a great system it is. Mm-hmm. What a great system sure. it is for a quarterback. You're going to go from Mr. Irrelevant to possibly winning an MVP this year. And this week on Monday night, we get to see him play the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to find out how good this system really is. If he hangs absolutely. up some... If he hangs up top 10 quarterback numbers against a defense like that, it is the, yeah, we, we can still say it. It's the system, but what a beautiful system it is for Brock Murray to be in. Absolutely. All right, Brent, moving on. Hang on. Go one ahead. more thing. Obviously, it's not just the system because I don't see Jimmy G finishing as a top five quarterback in the time that he spent there. Um, who else spent some time there? Sam Darnold didn't do very well looking there, but I think he was only there for like a game. Um, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. It's it, yes, it is a system, but you have to be the right quarterback in that system, and that's what Brock Purdy is. I hate, I hate saying that too. Oh, that bothers me so much because he's so young. Hey, the future is very bright in San Francisco. Um, let's go down. Let's go down to the value spot because you know, first of all, as a fat guy, Brent, when somebody starts talking about value, I get all excited thinking about value menus at my favorite restaurant and stuff. And then I look down at the name that I have written here, and I can tell you I've been pretty excited about this name numerous times this year. Um, It's it, it slowly started to taper off a little bit, but nonetheless, the, the value as a whole is there. And I'm talking about Adam Thielen, who is currently still, after like three weeks in a row of not very good production, the wide receiver 16 in fantasy. Mm-hmm. He's had 89 receptions this year, 870 yards receiving, four touchdowns. This guy's ADP, Brant, and I think a lot of it had to do with we didn't know who the number one was going to be in Carolina. We didn't know what the offense was going to look like. We didn't know what Bryce Young was going to be. He had an ADP of 134 overall. In 10-team leagues, this guy was getting drafted in the 13th round. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. He was the 50th wide receiver off the board. This guy has blown way past his value. If you've got this guy in the 10th, 11th, 12th round of your draft, he has been the absolute steal of that draft. This guy is a guy that I still think coming down the stretch in fantasy, you got to put him in. He, he he had a decent little game against Atlanta. I want to say like 11 points in the pouring down rain um, when nobody could catch the ball unless you were a defender for the Carolina Panthers and Desmond Ritter was throwing the ball. Um, but Adam Thielen, nonetheless, he's been very, very solid this year. He's like the dictionary definition of consistency getting tons of targets, tons of receptions, and he's definitely helping some people make it to the to the fantasy playoffs, man. Absolutely, absolutely he is. He's, he's a guy that's been so much fun to throw a little dough at this year because they've kept his props so low, and, and he's done it time and time again. We talked about it on our live multiple times. 
Um, but you talk about value. Let's just talk about a guy that was thrown into my trade uh, last offseason, and I never thought it'd be anything. Uh, he was the 41st running back off the board, 130th player off the board, and right now he's currently RB number two. That's Raheem Mostert with all of the, oh, it's the A-chain. Oh, Jeff Wilson's going to help out everything, anything, everything. It's still been Raheem Mostert taking over the backfield, and now, right now, he's the RB2. So this is a guy you're getting in the 13th round. And he's your number one RB probably on your team. Luckily, I mean, he's carried the weight. He hasn't hasn't been banged up this year. He's played all games. Um, and I guarantee he has carried a lot of teams to to the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I, I, Raheem Mostert, it, it's funny because every Sunday morning when you and I do these live start sits, um, we have tons of people saying, should I sit Mostert or should I sit um, Gus Edwards? Should I sit Mostert or should I sit, um, you know, Rashad Bateman? I, I don't know why I'm picking on the Baltimore Ravens here, but it's, it's like low-tier – flex plays that they're asking about with this running back. And I'm not saying – I understand it. There's so much doubt because it's like, man, is it just a hot hand or is he that good? And he's 174 years old, Brant. It, it's, it'd be, he'd be like you and I running out there taking 70-yard touches to the house and being part of the best offense in the NFL right now. It, it, it's just one of those things that it's like, how does this happen? Where did this come from? What is What are they drinking in the water down there in, in Miami? Because – Miami living has is, is treated Raheem Mostert very well. He's having mm-hmm. the best year of his career. Um, and I know everybody who is lucky enough to have him in fantasy. And, and, and yes, like you alluded to, you got him for an absolute bargain in a trade last year late. Um, this is a guy that's definitely, definitely a league winner. Um, he carried you to a second round buy um, in our home dynasty league. So yeah, Mostert is definitely one of those players that it's like, Cheap, cheap to acquire, and here we are. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been a fun ride for most owners, Brand. Oh yeah. I I was sending a second round pick or receiving a second round pick for Kyler Murray, and he's like, Hey, I'm dropping this guy. I said, you know what? Just send just send Mostert my way. We'll see what happens. And well, let's see what there's that's what's happening. All right. Uh, where, where do you want to go next? Oh, well, we got a oh. Let's go with let's go with the rookie. No, no, let's save the rookie. We'll save the rookie and the MVP for for last. Go, let's go with the breakout. My breakout's okay. a guy that I absolutely love. Um, I wish I would have got more shares of him. Uh, I got him in my keeper league, and that's Rashad White. He's currently uh, he, he was the uh, number twenty fourth back off the board in, in drafts, um, and he's currently the RB four. Um, there was multiple question marks going into that that uh, Tampa Bay offense. Um, the, who was going to be the running back? He had Chase Edmonds there. A lot of people thought it was going to be a 50-50 split between the running the running back and then the receiving back. And Rashad White put that to bed, and he put it to bed early and said, this is my backfield, not Keyshawn Vaughn's, not Chase Edmonds. This is my backfield. He's uh, – He's averaging 16 points per game right now. He's fine in the end zone. They're getting him involved in everything. He's, as we saw when we went to Atlanta, what did he come off the field for maybe eight total snaps in that whole game? And it was a close game. So obviously they trust him. 
Um, he was there on the two minute war or two minute drill. Um, I think to start it, they had Edmonds in, but then it was back to white. I think Edmonds spilled maybe one or two plays off of that. White's just been a guy. He's been so consistent this year and, and has done so good. And like I said, he was, he was the last of the RB twos. And right now he's <laughs> top five running back on the board. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with Baker's resurgence as well. Mm-hmm. Baker's getting him involved in the passing game. Uh, passing game is actually kind of fluid, um, which I, I'm not sure I, I want to say this, but I think I almost have to. The passing game is probably a little bit better this year than it was with Tom Brady last year, um, just because Tom's arm was, you know, it was getting to that point. And uh, you, you, Baker's got an electric arm. I mean, you say what you want about Baker, but um, he, he definitely can put on a show. Uh, ask the folks in Green Bay, Brant. Um, I, I have another running back here, and I, I – <laughs> seems we, we've talked about this before we talked about it on the the uh, fantasy holics flagship show when we were doing that one um i'm a sucker for running backs and so it's it's no no surprise here i am with another running back um i've got james cook of the buffalo bills as, as my breakout player um you know he showed some flashes down the stretch last year um but nothing super crazy right um, and then this year they added Damian Harris in the offseason, and everybody was like, oh, wait a minute, is Damian Harris the guy? And then the season started, and James Cook had some value, and then they signed Leonard Fournette, and everybody was like, oh, well, here comes Leonard Fournette. He's going to come in and, and take all the work um, from James Cook. But James Cook has quietly put up RB7, uh, an RB7 season so far in PPR formats. 968 rushing yards, so barring injury, knocking on wood here, he's going to get to 1,000 yards rushing. 40 receptions, 433 yards, six total touchdowns. I imagine he adds another touchdown or two to that uh, before it's all said and done too, Brant. But here it is. Like I said, this guy's been down at every step of the way. Josh Allen's always going to be the goal line back there. Um, Fournette's there. Uh, James Cook's too small. He's never going to be more than a pass catching back. He can't run between the tackles. Uh, And here we are with him clearly stamping his name on that backfield in Buffalo. He's definitely made things – really interesting. Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator down there has made that offense fun again. And this running attack in Buffalo is no, no joke. Thanks to that of James cook. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just been a baller. And it was so fun to watch him torch the Cowboys this past week. And torch he did. All right. So I suppose it's my turn and we're obviously going to save the MVP for last. So that means here we are going into the rookies and it would have been really easy for me to go and, and, and say, like, just throw out one of my favorite names, like B. John Robinson or JSN or, um, you know, Dalton Kincaid, guys that I, I typically like a lot. But instead, I'm going to I'm going to throw some appreciation to a guy that's making one of the most irrelevant fantasy, uh, irrelevant uh, teams relevant here, if, if you will. And I think the head coach has done some of that, too. But C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans. Um, first of all, I'm going to say I remember I was wrong, Brant. I sat here when you and I did our off-season show and we broke down Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. I thought C.J. Stroud couldn't make his progressions. He looked at his first receiver, couldn't look off coverage. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's done all that and then some um, in Houston. He's made Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Robert Woods, Dalton Schultz, all these guys completely relevant um, this is the best Houston Texans offense we've seen since D hop, um, well, Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson in town. And he's currently the quarterback 10. That's with him missing last week, potentially missing this week too. Um, 
3,631 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, five interceptions. Again, another one. If, if in a dynasty league you pick this quarterback up, you now have your quarterback of the future, it would appear, Brant. Um, definitely a fun rookie. Uh, he, he's definitely going to be lighting the scoreboards up next year. Who knows? Maybe he'll be in the conversation for fantasy MVP next year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's he's been a star, and and it, it is unfortunate to see him missing last week and possibly this week. Um, I know I have enjoyed watching him play as I I was huge on the Tank Dell, and and he made sure he made sure I was right on that one all up until Tank Dell mm-hmm. got hurt. Um, so I'm going to talk about another guy that I that that for my rookie that I was high on. Um, just uh, I thought I could steal him at the end of most of our rookie drafts. I thought he'd be decent. Um, in the pros, I did not expect it, expect this, and that's Puka Nakua. He's currently a top 12 wide receiver, averaging 16 and a half points per game. How can you go wrong with this guy? And of course, he just happened to burst onto the scene against the Seattle Seahawks week one. Um, and he's he's got you know 135 targets, 87 receptions, 1,063, 1,163 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, he's just a guy that, that's getting involved. Yes, he benefited from the Cooper Cup absence, but it just shows that now Stafford has a second weapon there. And, and even Tutu got involved there. The, the Rams offense, we talked about how bad the Rams were going to be this year. And then, oh, wait a minute. I've got plenty of weapons there. And uh, they're not afraid to use them. And Puka Nakua is, is, is going to be, in my mind, he's going to be a guy that will be talked about in the top three rounds next year. I would assume um, it will take a it will take some off season research to see if he can keep it up um, and see what they add there. But I think he will be talked as a top thirty pick next year. Yeah, I think it's only it's only natural um, with what he's come out and done this year. I mean, it's to the point where we've got people questioning what Cooper Cup's value is moving forward. Mm-hmm. So um, when that when that takes place, you, you've got to have a pretty special rookie. And uh, he, he's definitely a pretty special guy, especially, you know, with a name like Puka Nakua. Who doesn't love that, Brant? That's right. With a name like Puka, you have to be good. <laughs> All right. Drum roll. Here we go. MVP. Let's talk about it. MVP, the man that helped move me into a bye and allow me to at least play next week in the playoffs. Unfortunately, he had a miss last week, so I did get burnt in one of my leagues. Um, and that's Tyreek Hill. He's the number four overall in scoring. He's the number one wide receiver. He's still chasing 2,000 yards, 24.8 points per game in PPR standard. And he's averaging one of the highest over the last few years. The man has just been a stud and has carried teams on his back into fantasy playoffs. And I hope he's still going after those 2,000 yards because if he is, he has to step his game up over the next two weeks. So let's hope he is. And and anyone that has him, I hope he is too because he is going to hopefully carry you guys to the championship game for fantasy. Yeah, so initially when I was when I was thinking about this MVP thing, Brant, I was like, it's obviously got to be Tyreek Hill, and uh, I was like, who am I gonna who am I gonna pick for myself? Because I know Brant's never gonna let me have Tyreek. Uh, and I went and looked, and I was like, my goodness, how disrespectful of me to have forgotten about this mm-hmm. man. Uh, not really forgotten about him. I just never ever have had a chance to own him. 
uh, and probably never, never will. And that's okay. Um, I'll just sulk in the corners as the owner of this player wins championships and leagues that I'm in all the time. But um, CMC Brant is currently the number one overall scorer in all of fantasy football and PPR formats. He is going to get to 2000 yards from the line of scrimmage, but he also gets to run the ball a little bit. So it is different. I understand. Uh, he's at 1,801 yards currently, so he's right on pace. Three games left. Shouldn't be an issue for him. Here's here's the thing, Brant. 20 total touchdowns for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, this man is, is quietly having a historic season. Everybody's talking about the Tyreek Hill stuff because, I mean, it's that 2,000 yards for a wide receiver would be nuts. Um, but you're talking about a guy who's probably going to have near 25 total touchdowns on the season probably over 2,000 yards from the line of scrimmage. Um, these are what fantasy dreams are made of. This is, I mean, it, this if this doesn't scream MVP, I don't know what does. Um, CMC, it, it, it just further further buries the conversation for me, Brant, is, it, is that when you're start, in a startup league, do you take the young stud wide receiver in the first overall pick or do you take CMC? The answer is you take CMC, number one overall player in fantasy football, 20 touchdowns, 1,800 from the line of scrimmage absolutely absolutely he does run into a tough matchup this week but it's it's yet to be seen anyone that can really slow him down yes the ravens are a very tough matchup but i expect a very good output even when he has tough matchups he still comes out with a touchdown or a five (laughs) who knows absolutely Uh, yeah cmc is he's just that guy when he's healthy he's that guy i don't care what anybody says he is that guy and once again, listen to me talk how great the 49ers are. <laughs> I, we, I get it. You're an undercover fan. It is what it is. Uh, undercover don't like them. <laughs> All right. You said you had one last thing you wanted to hit here before we get off of here. Try to stop so I'm, I'm taking CMC out. I'm taking CMC out. Who is your 101 next year? If you get the 101, you cannot go CMC. Because you you kind of screwed me up when you said, well, this is your first pick. So now I can go, let's take him out. Who is your 101 next year? Right now, way too early. It is way too early. Um, can I can I can I give an answer but hinge it on something? Like I, I'm gonna say it's this player if okay, it, it's Bijan Robinson if Arthur Smith is fired. It, it's not a question to me. One of the best offensive lines in football for running the ball. He's a superstar freak athlete. We see what he does. Um when when it's um, when he's given the opportunity, he just doesn't get enough touches. He had like eight touches against Carolina um, in a rain rain fest. I don't know why Arthur Smith insists on trotting out these bum players like Tyler Algier, who's not a bum. I'm sorry, Cordero Patterson, not a bum. I'm sorry, um, just a little frustrated. I, I think it's Bijan Robinson if Arthur Smith's out of town. If they get a competent quarterback in, those are two big ifs. Um, so if those things don't happen for me. Um, CMC's out probably probably Justin Jefferson at that point I think coming back um should be a different quarterback in town too so there's I, I don't know there's question marks with a lot of these guys Tyreek's Absolutely. talking about not wanting to continue much longer if he gets the 2,000 yards this year how motivated is he next year I don't know there, there's there's so many things out there Tyron Williams I would think has to be in the conversation uh for top five especially with what he's done this year I'm not sure I'm willing to put him in front of guys like Jonathan Taylor just yet um, but yeah, I think the conversation has to be made. So, okay. Okay. 
So that that was that was like I said, you, you threw me for a loop when you said CMC had to be the guy. That's just kind of I wanted to see what you're way too early. I know none of us have really sat down and 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 done our uh, you know orders or anything else. Mine right now, honestly, mine's Jamar Chase. I think I think Jamar Chase comes out and, and explodes next year. Um, I, so I think Jamar Chase would be my one on one if I had the opportunity. But I never get Here, that. So here's the question I have for you. Let me throw you for a loop. So I don't care whether whether you want to name it a super flex, whether you want to name it whatever. Who's your first quarterback you're looking to draft next year? I'm I'm talking. You're going to set the trend. You want that guy? You got to go get him. Who's your quarterback that you want for next year? In dynasty, it's C.J. Stroud. I, I he's my guy. I'm going after C.J. Stroud. He's using his legs. He's using his arms. He's doing great things in Texas. In Texas, he's moving that offense. That is mine. If you're talking in redraft. I'm going to throw you all for a loop, and I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers is a guy that I am going to grab early. you got to remember, I love to wait on my quarterback, so he's not going to be my first. He's not Drew Locke? my first. Not Drew Locke? No, I love Drew last night. He looked so good last night. But uh, Rodgers would be a guy that I would be targeting. I know you said first quarterback off the board, but I really I expect Rodgers to have a killer year next year. Um we saw what the Jets were able to do with the ring of ring of quarterbacks they had. Well, I could see them having an amazing year uh, with with Rodgers. So that would be a guy that I'll be targeting. I don't want to say that's my first quarterback off the board, but that is definitely who I'd be targeting later in drafts. All right, fair enough. I'm sure there'll be more from the Fat Boys when it comes to you know top tens for next year. Probably real soon following the tail end of this season. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to start looking at rookies. We rookies are they're on the forefront. I'm sure we've all got some some guys that we want to we already want to talk about, but uh, we'll save that for a different day, Brent. Um, as always, thanks for watching, everybody. Stay hungry and stay fat, my friends. <laughs>